a Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com. And when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. episode of the Steve Mathis show there is a high chanceability you will either learn something a lot of people don't know you left thinking or make you say to yourself dude that's so funny the bottom line is this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview welcome to the racer x podcast show brought to you by btosports.com hosted by Steve Mathis Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show. As usual, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And this, uh, this episode of the show is a very uh, time-honored tradition here at, on the podcast uh, show, and that is the uh, Supercross preview. We are just days away from Anaheim 1, which is kind of gnarly to think about. But anyways, two men on the line to break this thing down for me and uh, talk about the contenders, the pretenders, and everybody else. And that's uh, Jason Wygant. Hey, and a real live racer who will be on the line at Anaheim, as it turns out, Jason Thomas. What's happening, everybody? JT, what's going on? Um, are you looking forward to perhaps getting your first Supercross title championship this year? Yeah, you know this this year. Uh, just you know, every close every last year, year about this time, yeah. I kind of uh, kind of debate what's important and uh, figure this. You know, this year is as good as any. Might as well, might as well pick up that first title. It's only uh, I figure 16th year. Might as well go for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, show your cards now. Like, lay it all out. Yeah, I kind of been holding back a little bit. I didn't mm-hmm. want to, uh, you mm-hmm. know, really like lay it out there and uh, just kind of sneak up on everybody later in my career and clean right. up and right. kind of cats out of the bag. It's time to go. Yeah, nice, nice, Weege. Um What do you think, Weege? We uh, well, we gotta... it's all about. Um, who who works the hardest wins. So did you just basically decide to just work harder? Is that what made all the difference? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I really haven't even let uh, Chad in on it. To, uh, I rode with him today, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he was a few seconds better than me. And, you know, I'm fine with that. I just kind of like setting him up, mm-hmm. letting, him, uh, yeah. letting him get a little confidence. And uh, yeah. I, may not even, I may just save it till the, till the main event. And uh, Anaheim and just unleash it on everybody. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, I would like to see, yeah, conserving the heat race, give yourself a classic LCQ performance first. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of an all-day thing. You know, I figure I'll get, you know, anywhere from like uh, 10th to 25th in practice mm-hmm. and kind of set everybody up mm-hmm. and then uh, maybe struggle a little in the heat, maybe go to the LCQ, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of start to bring it out a little bit in the LCQ if I'm there and then uh, really let them have it in the main event. Nice. I like that. I like that. Um, it's all about strategy, Steve. 
Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. Uh, your off season is consisted of uh, visiting just about every Eastern European country on the map. Um, how's that been going? Estonia, Finland, Germany. Did I miss any? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I'm just really doing my best uh, Chevy Chase impression. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's it's been good. It's been uh, it's been a little tiring, but um, mm-hmm. it's been it's been awesome. I, I got to actually visit a few new countries I've never been to, and uh, it went pretty well. I mean, I, I didn't win as much as I would like, or you know, everything didn't always go perfectly. But uh, I'm healthy, and I got a lot of preparation and testing, and a lot of race situations, you know, under my belt. So now, uh, kind of, kind of a long long summer off. So I kind of needed to get all those those you know parts and races and qualifiers and all that stuff in before I come back to Anaheim. The Leoc that beat you in Estonia, was that the Leoc that races the GPs? Or was it another No, that one? was Igar. Okay. Which, right. uh, there's really not much difference. Like, they both raced all the same series until maybe two years ago. Um, they, like, they, you know, they both won, like, all the Dutch championships and European mm-hmm. championships and all this stuff. And then Igar decided to go race the World Enduro Series. And, uh, like, he's, you know, one of the top guys in that now. He's factory TM and all that stuff. So. Okay. Right. Um, from what they were saying, they're pretty similar. Maybe uh, Tanel's just a, just kind of uh, pulled ahead a little bit lately, but right. definitely can ride, that's for sure. Was he racing a TM in Supercross? Well, it wasn't Supercross. It was kind of uh, – I was expecting Supercross, but <laughs> once I got there, it was just kind of uh, more of like a – just kind of like a – almost like a fair race kind of track, like some tabletops. And, uh, you know, it's obviously it was inside a, a really large arena. Um, and it was really sandy, which is probably, was probably the biggest surprise and what threw me off the most. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great event. I'm, I'm glad I went. It was just kind of uh, wasn't really prepared for kind of what I was getting into. And, um, you know, I probably could have had my bike set up a little better and done some things differently had I known. But it was, it was all right. Big crowd? Um, not really. I guess they had like their grand opening a year ago and they had quite a few more people there than this time. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for where it is, it's, it's really in the middle of nowhere. Um, they, the government just basically appropriated funds for them to kind of, uh, develop the sport more, mm-hmm. um, to kind of follow the Leoc name because they're, they're basically like the, the godfathers of the sport. You know, they're the, by far the most fam- famous name in motocross in Estonia. Yeah. And uh, I think the government kind of wanted to develop that and have kids grow up to, you know, kind of um, be the, you know, represent Estonia mm-hmm. around Europe through motocross. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's a good way to have to do it, to have a place for all these kids to ride all the time and stuff. So, um, Any Juices Loose sightings? Yeah, I hung out with him. Oh, yeah, Juice. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, He's doing good. Um, actually, got to spend some time with him after the race too, just hanging out. We had some downtime, and uh, yeah, I bet he's doing he's doing good, man. He's uh, it was Ju- good to see him. Juice is a good guy. Juice was a yeah, good, for yep. sure, super nice guy. Yep. He's uh, you know, he was like telling me he's like, man, I'm so pumped to see you still out there because most of the guys I race with are retired now, and and you know, I don't really know any of the guys to follow now. So right. he was super cool. Ah, nice, nice. All right, any chicks in Estonia? How are the chicks? Actually, really, really good-looking women there, just in general. Like, yeah. uh, just the average, the average woman there is very, very attractive. I, same in Finland and Sweden. It seems like all the Baltic states. Yeah. Um, just kind of, I guess, par for the course. All right. 
Yeah. Supercross preview 2012. Um, I got to say, and I know everybody says this, it's the old working hard thing, and bikes, my bike's way better than last year. But I know everybody says this in, in my end of the, the industry, but I really, this offseason really went by quick, Weege. It really did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's weird, too, because things were going on, which maybe, maybe that's why it went faster. You know, we used to know who was riding for whom in, what, May, June? Yeah. You know, to think that we went into the offseason and, um, you know, you didn't know where Stewart was going to ride. And um, technically, Dungey Steel wasn't announced until 6 a.m. October 1st. Coincidentally, they picked the first of a month randomly to announce that. And, um, and then I guess Chad's deal was even somewhat – I mean, I figured he was staying in a Honda all along, and I had never heard anything to the contrary. Mm-hmm. But then eventually they had to even announce how that deal worked. So maybe that's why it went faster, because there was actually news instead of, come on, yeah. we already know what's going on, just get on with it. It really went by quick, man. I don't know. I, I, it was, uh, I don't know where it went, but here we are. We're getting ready for a new season, yeah. and people want to hear us talk about what we think is going to happen. Now, last year we had the Big Four, sometimes the Big Five when Trey Kennard was there, Ryan Villapoto, Ryan Dungey. Chad Reed, James Stewart, and like I said, Kennard. Any reason to think, JT, that any anybody else is breaking into that group? Uh, I think yourself I think aside, Braden has a shot. Yourself aside, of um, course. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Braden can get in there. I think uh, it's going to be interesting. Weimer, uh, I think, has the potential to. Um, he's definitely a better Supercross guy than outdoors, and uh, I think he's – Finally got some momentum going, like as far as preparation and, uh, you know, had a full off season to really get everything dialed in. Um, you know, obviously he was hurt for Supercross last year and then outdoors wasn't really that prepared and uh, mm-hmm. outdoors isn't really his strong suit anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Weimer, Weimer? Just, yeah. man, it's deep. Honestly, like we were counting, just counting guys today and uh, it's, it's pretty insane how, how deep it is and, I don't know that I don't know about the top few guys, but I mean, how, how do you count out? You know, obviously Chad Dungey, Vilpoto, James. You know, those four are going to be crazy good. But then there's just so many like unknowns. Like Wyndham is obviously can be in there at any point. Um, you know, Tedesco has shown signs that he has the speed at times if he's if he's healthy. You know, how is Josh Hansen going to be? He obviously has the, the talent to be up there. Just all these guys, There's, I don't think there's ever been a year where there's so many guys that potentially can be on that level. You know, wh- whether they will or who will, right. who's going to step up and all that is yet to be determined, and that's the, the, the most exciting thing about this year. But, man, it, it's it's scary for me looking at the list of guys because I'm like, man, I got to fit in here somewhere, you know, and <laughs> it's just tough. It's, you know, I'm going to have to really be on my game because there's going to be no weak spots. That's for sure. It's uh, it's funny how many guys you talk to that are aiming for top 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I don't, I think everybody's kind of, uh, obviously you don't want to go into the season, you know, already doubting yourself, but mm-hmm. there's going to be some people with some crushed dreams, I think, because I, you know, I, I've, seen this and i i think you know Wyndham's the only guy that's been doing it longer than me at this point mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> there's a lot of guys that are going to be disappointed i can tell you that weege what do you think um jt says we uh weimer and uh and brayton maybe can get in there can they win races jt 
I don't I don't think either of those two will win a race. Yep. That's just me. I don't think so. But I think, you know, last year it was like, oh, the, the you know, the big five. I, I think that those guys can be in that, that five okay. for sure right. at times. What do you think, Wage? I think to uh, prove, you know, every year there's – every year we think it's going to be a great year. But I, I truly agree with JT on this one because I think what makes this bigger, what, what the, the true fact that makes it clear, this isn't just hype, this isn't just us talking and being excited – I think the thing that makes it obvious that this really is a deeper field than usual is this strange thing that has happened. There's less money in the sport, really, than there's been in a long time economically. But there are more teams. Um, you know, if you go back like a generation ago in the sport, you really only had, you know, four factory teams or five, and then maybe one strong team. You know, McGrath had his own thing going. So between that, you were only generating two to three riders each on four or five good teams. So if you do the math, there really only were supposed to be 12 guys mm-hmm. who were expected to win or could win or had the opportunity. We've got way more than 20 guys that are on teams that are at least solid enough to win. You know, when you throw in the the fracturing of the old Stewart team, which has now resulted in Larry Brooks having a team with Andrew Short and Josh Grant and Kyle Chisholm having rides, and then Stewart also having a ride. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just these teams just keep fracturing, but no one goes away. Um, yeah, throw Harden and Huntington in the mix. All the factory teams, KTM with a stronger effort than maybe they've ever had in Supercross. That's what makes this not just hype. That's reality, man. That's a lot of teams that expect their guys to do that well, and a lot of riders that do too. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit nuts. You're right about. I was talking to Tommy Hahn today, who. Uh, um, doesn't have a ride and is going the full privateer um, yep. route. And he was saying, I mean, he's just like, and he's got some points. He's like, man, uh, you know, there are some riders that are, you know, top ten that are not making any money, and and that's that's a little ridiculous. And I think he's right. And I think another story for another day, another podcast or something, is that how we're we're probably not that healthy with our top level guys making. Three to four million, would you say, JT, with James and RV, maybe more before they throw a yeah, leg over a bike? You'd have to, you'd have to think so. Three to four million, and then the guy, only nine spots behind him. You know, basically making not even enough, but below poverty level in Southern California, which I believe poverty level is like forty-eight thousand or something. There's something wrong with our sport. That's not healthy, but that's like I said, could be another podcast for another yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. To me, when I look at it, Trey Kennard's hurt again, uh, unfortunately for Trey. Why can't you're hearing he may be back for A1? Yeah, I heard some rumors uh, this week, and uh, I, don't, I don't know how true it was. A couple people were telling me that they heard he right. could get back on the bike, and then if he does, you know. I mean, it did seem a little strange to me um, with a collarbone and a plate and the amount of time he had, and he had been on the bike before it. You know, there was a little in-between time from the leg break and this. I was surprised that everyone just said, well, that's it for him. Because we've seen dudes rush back for the opener. And, by mm-hmm. the way, that just about never goes well. Right. But I'm surprised that um, you haven't at least heard of an attempt. Because the, the theory always is just get in the main event at the first race, score some points. It never ends up working out right that way. Right. But I'm surprised you haven't heard he could at least, you know, give it a shot. They wrote it off instantly. I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. The rumor pops up within the next couple of days. Uh, so if Kennard's hurt a little bit or not coming in at 100%, you know, James has switched teams, same bike. Uh, Ryan Dungey switched bikes. Chad Reed was hurt a little bit in the offseason, might have cost himself some preparation. 
everything's kind of lining up for Ryan Villapoto. Um, not a repeat, but, you know, looking pretty good. Uh, do you agree with that, JT? He might be the strongest coming into A1. Ooh, I don't, I don't know. I think James is going to be really good. You um, think? Yeah, I, I really do. I think James is going to be really strong this year. Like the the best what, we've seen James. Why do you think that? Years. What's changed? Why would what would be different? Uh, of course, I mean, we all we what, all know what hasn't changed know. other than his motorcycle. So it's the brand. I mean, his well, motorcycle's changed a lot. Just the brand's the same. But uh, every everyone around him has changed. Um, okay. I mean. Pretty much, pretty much his whole program, other than the brand of motorcycle, is different. Now so, you've been you've been the first one of the many guys to to slam. Be, you're hard on the YZ450. You've been hard on it. Yep, I'm not a big fan of it. Right. So uh, you are. But I do. After being behind the scenes, you know, because we're running JGR stuff too, and uh, getting a look at how different his bike looks. And the changes they made and the progress they've made, I, mm-hmm. I think, I think he's going to be good. That's not saying he's going to win the title or right. win every race, but I think he's going to be better than well, he was. My, my my question was, does he start Anaheim one on the same level as Ryan Villapoto looks to be? Yeah, I do. Okay, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Why well, again? Yeah, you're sure. you're in North Carolina. You're buddies with JGR guys. You eat lunch here all the time. Much <laughs> to, much to my jealousy. What do you think? What do you hear from those guys? You know, uh, the the coolest thing about that team, and Steve, I know you'll agree with me on this because we've hung out with them at the races, you know, it's like the attitude of the team is always, like, top-down. And J-Bone, Jeremy Albright, team manager, has always been, almost to a fault, the most honest guy you could ever run into in that position in the pits. I mean, even back in the days when he was just a mechanic, you know, he just yeah. pretty much told you what he thought. He Sometimes it was good, sometimes it was bad. You know, a lot of guys in that position, they'll spin everything their direction. Right. So that's still the attitude over there. I mean, they say all the time, we hope it's going to be good. We hope he likes it. We hope it's going to work out. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. They, you never hear them say things like, you can't imagine how good, how much better he is now that he's on our bike. You know, I like they that. They want it to be good. Right. Yeah, well, I, I mean, like it, it's, right. it's a cool quality in a, in a buddy. Um, everybody's got different ways of, of motivating their employees. I'm not sure if, <laughs> if, if, if that's the best way or not. But I know that those guys aren't cocky about it. They just yeah. really, really hope that it works out. But they're, heck, when they were trying to sign him, you know, they would go down there and roll out the bike and be like, we changed this and changed that. Hope you like it, but you might not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really some pitch, right? I just um, uh, I just think, looking from the outside, that it looks like RV is the guy that has the least amount of change. And, um, you know, I mean, I, and Reed's coming off an injury, so maybe he's not where he needs to be. Um, so that's all. That's why I think RV may be a step ahead of everybody coming into A1. Well, there's a couple things on RV's side that you can't deny. First of all, um, and JT knows how this works, the, the training thing, you know, he hooked up with Alden Baker last year, and then it's like the, every time someone's at Alden Baker, it's how much weight did they lose, as if these guys were fatties racing, you know, as professional athletes before. Like right. they had never trained until they had right. Alden Baker. Although you should have but, seen uh, uh, our Ryan Villapoto's uh, post. 2009? Hawaii photos. <laughs> JT. 2009 Hawaii photos. <laughs> JT, I believe yeah. you've seen those. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he did. 2009, yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, he did have a little bit of weight to lose, but that was coming um, off injury too. He, right, he right. couldn't even really walk, so obviously he's yeah. going to gain weight. Right. Um, but uh, these are much longer term programs than you know. You sign a trainer in September, or October, and everything's 100 percent as good as it could ever be. And on on January 7th or 8th, um, you know, these are multi year deals to really make it work. 
So I think as strong as he was, now that he's been working with the guy for over a year, and gone through two full off seasons with him, and he hasn't really had many major injuries this whole time, if anything, he should be stronger. And then we know how well that bike worked when he got on and outdoors. And didn't it seem, I mean, it's, maybe the results make it mask it a bit, but it sure seemed to me like he was on yet another level at the Monster Cup um, than he was yeah. from January to May. And maybe just because he won and the other guys weren't there makes it look better, but yeah. it sure seems to me like he stepped up. Yeah, Ping puts some puts some, Ping puts a, a lot of stock in that Monster Cup performance. I'm not sure if I do. Um, it's hard to say, yeah. but he sure looked but, uh, yeah. good, like just yeah. watching him. Right. Uh, but you're right, the other guys weren't there, so maybe it masked it. But I think here's the thing on Villapoto, and this is going to sound so strange, but as much as he won last year, he did win all the titles, and he won them against the same guys he'll have to beat again, so he already did it. I figure, like I was saying, he should be even stronger and his bike will be even better. And maybe some other guys had some change they have to deal with that he didn't. But despite all that, it would not be shocking if someone beat him this year. It just wouldn't. And I don't know if we've ever had the situation where a guy won that much the year before, came in the next year, same team, not hurt, no major things holding him back. But if James Stewart got his act together and won the title, or if Reed won the title, and they were holding the number one plate at Vegas, would anyone say, I can't believe they beat Filippoto? <laughs> no. No. You wouldn't. It's no. just that close. Yeah. It's a bizarre situation for a guy to have that much momentum. We're, It'd only be a slight favorite. We're still not used yeah. to it after years of McGrath and RC. We're just not. We're still not used to it. <laughs> I, have, I have to jump in there, though, because... Let me guess. Yeah. Let me guess. Chad Reed. You're going to jump in with the Chad Reed. Comment. No, 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 no. I'm just okay. saying... You're saying, like, yeah, obviously he does have the momentum. He's won all the, t- you know, the titles. But, okay, the first title, it, was, it came down to the last race. You know, if he... You know, obviously he only needed to get fourth or whatever to get it. Uh, but still, that's pretty close. You know, it's not like he ran yeah. away with the thing. And then outdoors it came down to the last moto, yep. you know, for the, for the title again. So, yeah, he has a bunch of momentum, but it's not like he was just killing everybody in those titles that he won. Uh, and then the Monster Cup was kind of an anomaly because nobody was there other than, you know, contender-wise other than Dungey, and obviously he was on a brand-new bike and program and everything. So... Um, I don't think you were I, really. I don't think you were really listening, because Wygant said all that and then said, "Would anybody be said, shocked if he lost?" But, but his final point was, you know, he has all this momentum. Wow. You know that everybody's saying he has all the momentum. Well, he does, but it wasn't like it was just a runaway year, like you know McGrath or something previous years yeah, like that, where it's like, right. you know, I don't think you. Carried, I think that's why. Yeah. I think that's why. Yeah, that's why. That's how yeah. it seems bizarre that a guy could be the champ not have anything holding him back, and not be an overwhelming favorite. But, yeah, this, that thing was close last year. It could have swung any other direction. So that's, I, guess the, I guess that's why. But, but anyway, I, th- the I think Poto the, the Monster Cup race is a perfect race for Bill Poto. It, it basically features everything he's good at, uh, outdoor aspects, slippery conditions, uh, flat turns, basically all the strong suits of his riding it featured. So it, it was obviously... One of the most impressive races I've ever seen by one person, but I feel like it was like perfectly suited for him too. And you know, his fiercest competition wasn't either either wasn't there or wasn't fully prepared yet. So, um, yeah, I, think I don't know. I, I don't buy the whole. And maybe I'm wrong because I mean I do have some Manitoba titles, but you know that's uh, not here, neither here nor there. I don't think you carry momentum from a Paula 
to Anaheim. JT, I mean, do you? Momentum? Uh, I don't know about four months. Or what, you know, four aren't months you, later, it's kind of hard to yeah. just aren't jump you, right in there and be like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Aren't like, you going into Anaheim? Yeah, aren't you going into Anaheim with the same questions in your mind that your competition has? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're confident. Yeah, you just, but. There's just so much time and so many changes, and you test so much. And honestly, for everybody, everybody hits the reset button um, at this point. And, uh, right. That, that's the great thing about Anaheim is there's probably 15 guys. Seriously, there will be 15 guys going into Anaheim that are like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get top five tonight. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what they're thinking right now at their house. You know, Thursday night, you know, nine days before Anaheim, they're yeah. thinking, I'm going to get top five at Anaheim. That's what we're going to do. Right. You know what I mean, that's, that's the beauty of that race is mm-hmm. uh, nobody is jaded yet by – you know, the disappointments of the season. So uh, um, everybody, everybody's pumped up and fired up and, and re-energized and got their confidence back because they've just been killing it, you know, by themselves on practice track. You, you don't so, think well, – again, you don't think that RV uh, – Alden will work RV and get him sick and run him down? Oh, that is the track record. I mean, that's true. <laughs> if you look at it, I mean, just – If you look at the way the outdoor season worked out, he clearly was just fading as the year went on. <laughs> Clearly, the guy doesn't know what he's doing. Training. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, uh, hey, let's uh, let's talk about um, Chad Reed a little bit. JT, you know pretty well. I think he lets you ride his track, um, and uh, whatever they make a lot of fun of you from what I hear. But what do you think? He hurt his thumb, finger, wrist, hand. What was it? All of it. Uh, he had some kind of injury going on. Um, <laughs> oh God, here we go. Uh, he's a thumb. Thumb. Uh, he's, he's, he's all right though. He's yeah. been he's been riding. But what, been, my, riding a few hours ago. My question is, uh, uh, did it did it did it look like it hurt him? Is he behind on his schedule? Is he, you know, not where he wants to be right now? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know where his fitness is because we've been working on sprints. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not really really that you know sure on that. You okay. know, you probably knows better than I do. All right. um, but I, I know he's going fast. I mean, I, I don't think speed's a problem. That's for sure. Right. Uh, it's just you know, I, I, we haven't done long moto, so I don't know let me, where he's at that way. Let me run this by you, JT, and it's a theory I heard from somebody that worked with him in the past. Um, hey, he came out, and and it's and it's a good theory. It's not like a wacko theory. It, he comes out last year. Myself, a lot of guys are writing him off. He, you know, he struggles to get this team together. He's uh, on a privateer bike. Once again, he surprises us all and, and has a tremendous year from an underdog position. Now the time is where he slacks off a little bit, where he maybe realizes he's built up some, some, uh, some karma in the bank, let's call it, and maybe doesn't quite work as hard and rests a little bit on his laurels because uh, he proved it. He showed it. We all know what he can do now. What do you think? Uh, I don't really put a lot into that because track okay. record-wise, it hasn't really, really hasn't played out that way. Um, in, in my opinion, it hasn't. Um, and well. you know, year year by year, it really hasn't. Like mm-hmm. when he was at Yamaha, I think he was just at just a step below Ricky a lot of times. And then that wasn't a lack of effort. It was just, I mean, Ricky was 
you know, the best rider I think that's ever ridden a dirt bike. You know, race, he's the best racer. You know, you know, over a series that's right. ever ridden a dirt bike, he proved that. Uh, so obviously, he had to go up against him, and you know, then he went to Suzuki and had you know arguably one of his best years. He didn't win the title, but, but he was. Re- I think he I, was very competitive that year. Yeah, I just uh, I equate the Suzuki year to last year on his Honda, written right. off, written off, switch bikes. What's he gonna do? He's he's lost it. And he came on that year. It was great. Yeah, then, I don't know about I don't know how you can be written off when you go when you get to well, go to Suzuki okay, yeah. who had you know, had the most successful team at the time for DeCosta, who was arguably the most successful manager mm-hmm. ever. All right. Yeah, that I don't know. That that move seemed like a didn't seem like a you know, a step down, it seemed like a step up for okay. me. Um obviously in two thousand ten there was a lot of different things going on. Um he wasn't happy. With the team, the bike, his situation, nothing. You know, there was just nothing right going on. So then, you know, that leads into 2011 where it was kind of, mm-hmm. you know, his time to turn it around. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously, you know, that theory could be proven this year if he goes out and is lackluster and, and doesn't, you know, have those those same kind of rides, then maybe so. But I don't think that there's, like, a, a definite track record of that now. Okay. All right. Just, I'm just running it by you, bud. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, I don't ever think the efforts really changed to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think, like at, at the races, what what you see out of him, performance wise, I don't, I don't know where you could find, other than 2010, which was obviously a mess. I don't know where you could find results that were subpar. You know, like mm-hmm. even even the years when he was losing to Ricky and James, he had like 15 podiums that year. You know. Yeah. He has like he has the most podiums in the history of the sport, so it's hard to really. He does. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's got yeah, more he's than sure. he's, he's got more than RC. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, he's raced so many more years than RC, and then he has. Bus, no. He has raced more than RC. Yeah, because yeah, Ricky started. Yeah. Ricky didn't get any the first few years, hardly. Oh, Supercross. So, okay, yeah. 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 I thought you were talking all time. No, no, just just right. You know, big bike Supercross. Beating he and he's past Ferry too. I would guess. I yeah, I think he. I think he just eclipsed him. Right uh, at Vegas last year. Um, okay, let's cover uh, anything more about Reed uh, Weege. What do you think? Well, I, I the main thing on Reed is uh, as good as he was last year. You can kind of point to a line where when he got the better equipment, that he got even better. And, yeah. and he didn't like talking factory about factory equipment, but... but even his own equipment when he was doing his own thing was improving as the year went on. I mean, first couple rounds were. Really, nothing special. Well, he um, he got he got some brakes, and then he got some clamps, or he got clamps, and then he got some brakes. Exactly. You know, and, and then he got a bike. That's basically how it went. He didn't like to talk about it too much, but the bike was yeah. a pretty big factor. I can right. tell you, so, when he got his bike, there were big smiles, right. big smiles for days around around the shop. Right. You know what I mean? Like uh, it, it was a it was a big improvement, and and his bike was already amazing. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. His bike was ridiculously good already. You know somebody who's and, ridden it? Do you know anybody who's ridden it? Uh, just, you know, hearsay. Yeah. Hear things yeah. and yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I can guarantee you that he's he was very excited to have that bike again. Yeah, it showed. I mean, nothing against Mitch Payton and all that. They put together a good program. The bike was good. But there's nothing like a factory Honda, you know? We just don't have the access to resources. Yeah, I mean, it's no, just for it's sure. not Mitch's fault, you know? No, absolutely. Um, right, so we're taking that. From day one now. Right. Um, and actually better in a way because 
you know, now he's been testing with the guys. You know, he told me that he's even, you know, working with guys from Japan and whatnot, you know, back in October and November. Even last year they kind of put him on the bike, you know, again, piece by piece, week by week. So just imagine how much further he is right. on the bike. And we know how well he was, how good he was on it once he finally had it together last year. So that's got to be mm-hmm. a big step up, I would think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think it is. I think coming into the year, he's so much more used to that bike and confident on that bike. Uh, it's it's a big it's a big difference for sure. I, mean, I don't think there's any other way to put it. it it's definitely an advantage. Ryan Dungey, let's talk about Ryan Dungey. Uh, moving to KTM. Uh, brand new bike, um, Roger DeCoster, Ian Harrison over there. Back the the crews reunited sort of uh, from Suzuki from all his uh, from a successful 2010 season. What They're reunited, th- but does it feel so good? That's the question. Yeah, why again? Nice. That's what I'd like to know. Why again? Does it feel so good? What do you think? Um, first of all, uh, if anyone's saying that, well, you know, he's got a two year deal and this year can be the learning year, that's just absolutely ridiculous. There are no learning years in this sport. It's not. It's not like Dungey can go out and get fifth every week, distant fifth all year long, and then in September it'll be like, oh, it's just a learning year. It's fine. No not without paycheck. But that <laughs> no, and and just that's not the way the fans work, and not the way the you know you think KTM is going to say, oh, we don't care if he gets fifth, he is learning, and then next year he's just going to you know 2013, he'll just win all of a sudden. You know the sport just doesn't work that way. It's like you've either got it or you don't. You can make small changes, but. It can't be a learning year. It's not. No one's going to look at it as a learning year. Uh, the jury's going to be making a decision very quickly on this. Um, I think the one thing that's on his side is, as rough as KTM's history has been in this, um, you know, when Dungey in 2010 had things going, I think one of the underrated skills they had, they were really good at improving the bike throughout the day. There would be a lot of nationals where it looked like he didn't quite have it, maybe in practice or the first moto, and they were really able to find the right combination. And obviously that's a big, it's a big guess. I mean, you go out there after practice and say, I guess we're going to try this for the moto, and they seem to be able to guess right a lot. And we know that, we know now that DeCoster's special sauce isn't some crazy motivation that he gives his riders or some rah-rah speeches. A lot of it is how good he is technically building stuff. And I think Dungey learned a lot when he was with them. And under Carmichael's guidance, I think he's probably wise beyond his years when it comes to setting up a bike. So I think that's what makes this combination so good. Not just that they worked together before and had success, but this is the right combination to take a bike that's totally unproven and figure out a way to make it work. But they're still, even with that, they're facing a steep climb. I mean, we've mentioned several times here how the 2009 Honda was a step back and it took almost a year and a half to really – get that thing where they needed it to be. Um, well, KTM's rushing this bike a whole lot more than that 2009 Honda ever was. So it's still a tall order, even for that crew. Yeah, that's, I don't know how well it's going to work. That's, uh, that's, what I, that's my point, uh, I think. And I, and I don't mean a, a le- it's not going to be a learning year for Ryan. I mean, he can ride with the best of them. It's going to be a learning year for that team and that bike. Um, you don't just get on a, with an OEM who has never podiumed a big bike supercross. You don't just get on with them. Now, granted, they haven't had the riders, but whatever. The, the, that's the that's the case in the twenty year history of KTM racing in America, going back to the uh, Mike Fisher days, going back to the 
uh, whoever, Davy Coombs, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, days. No, my point is, is that bike will be better in 2013 than it will be in 2012. And you, sure. and, and, you know, you got to walk before you can run. And I, I, I mean, this, this thing's an all new bike, an all new motor, new frame, chassis, everything. And yeah, they're going to be close on it. They're going to kind of know what they're doing with it, but it's, it's not going to be as good as a Suzuki. I don't care what anybody says. And it's going to take some time for everybody to learn what, what makes this bike work. And at the level that he's at, those small changes on your bike can mean a lot. I, I don't see him being as good, and I see it being a learning year, Weege, only in the sense of the team and the bike. That's all. I just can't see where they're not going to be better at round 16 than they were at round one. And that probably goes for most teams, but their step is going to be bigger. And I, I'm just—I'm not sold on this idea that it's going to be a hit right out of the box. Yeah, but do you, does anybody give them that rope? Like, I and mean, then they might not care. What well, it, yeah, who, who knows if anybody gives them that rope? Uh, you know, yeah, yeah that, they might not care what people say. But yeah. if Dungey's not He's, getting it done, but I hate to say it, like I do feel like in my mind right now, I'm looking at it's hard to pull, it's hard to pick between Villapoto, Stewart, and Reed. But Dungey, I feel like you can find holes where that might. He might not be able to run with them. Where the other three, man, it's hard to pick a favorite, you know. I, I just, uh, yeah. Those holes, those holes you see are the zeros in his check. <laughs> those are the holes you're seeing. What There's do you a think? Lot to find then, huh? What do you think, JT? What do you think of all this babble? Um, basically, I, I just kind of wanted to reiterate what you were saying. Okay, basically, the Suzuki. Take Ryan Dungey's Suzuki from last year. How many years have they been developing that? That bike to get it to the level it's at, from Ricky to Chad to you know the two years or whatever Matt, Ryan to was Ma- on to it. Matt Moss and on. I mean, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so oh. they have years and years of the same people that are building the KCM. It's taken them to get it to that level that it, that Ryan Dungey competed with Phil Photo and lost both titles on. Okay, so for anyone to come in and say that in four months that they're going to have that bike at the same level, uh, I think is, I think it's silly. You know, uh, I totally agree with what you said. Every race is going to be a learning experience. They're going to figure stuff out. They're going to learn more about the bike. They're going to try new things and it's going to get better and better. But unfortunately in this sport, <laughs> it's the same amount of points at every race. So Yeah. And, and, um, and if he's not, you know, at 2011 didn't see him in my opinion on the same level as the guys around him. So it's not going to get any better. That's what I'm saying. Right. He was already on a bike that's probably, at this point, not saying in a year or two, but right now I have a hard time believing anyone that tells me that that KTM is, is more advanced than the Suzuki just got off. Now what do, you think so, of this, what do you think of this, JT? I mean, it's pretty well-known fact he did not like his Suzuki last year. He was right. not happy with the Suzuki. How is that even possible? Uh, I... I don't know. I think uh, things change, you know, testing-wise. You may not have the same people around you, and, this, yeah. you know, some settings, right. you know, the settings aren't there anymore, and I think it's more set up than the bike. The bike didn't really change. I mean, yeah. I, I ride the same brand, and, you know, that anything that he ran in 2011 was still available in 2010. Right. All they had to do was put it back on. So, you know, if, if Oh, I hate this thing now. Okay, let's go back to 2010 when it was the greatest bike ever. When you won let's everything, just run the right. same thing. Right. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and I, oh, you hate still hate it. So obviously, it's not the bike. You know, it's other things. Does the pace has yeah. gotten yeah. higher, or you know, there's there's obviously different factors. So, right. 
I don't really, I don't really buy into the bike. You know, the bike was just worse last year. I think it was more set up than anything. Let me throw this out there, though. I've said this uh, a couple times. It's like racing is like this treadmill. Like everything around you is moving. Why well, again, like, nobody wants to talk here about your breakfast cereals. Yeah, I mean, it's the same ever the evolution of frosted mini wheats, man. They they keep having to change it because tastes keep changing. So if Dungy actually ran the 2010 bike in 2011, when everyone he's racing against is constantly like like just like his team is trying to do, improving a little bit every day. Is it fair to say that, hey man, just run the 2010 and 2011, just run the same thing you ran a year ago and it'll work fine? Because it's not 2010 anymore, it's 2011 and everyone else has picked up and made their bikes better, gotten better. Is is that part of the problem? You if you can only be as good as you were last year, you're falling behind. Right. But I, but I think I think to expound on that, I think, and Steve, you can you can uh, weigh your opinion on this because you've had experience. Is that, that a part. is that a weight joke? Is that, uh, is that... <laughs> no? Actually, it wasn't, but it's pretty good. Um, developing the bike is, you know, a lot of times that comes down to the the rider. You know, the bike's only going to be as good as you set it up. So, you know that whoever's doing, you know, the chassis and suspension, all that, they can they can steer in the right direction. But if you tell them oh, it's doing this, and I want to change to this and that, that's on you. You know what I mean? You can't, um, you know, if everybody else's bikes are improving and your your bike isn't, some of that comes down to you because you're not steering them in the right direction. That, that's how that's, I think. Uh, I think the riders, riders setting up their bikes is an underrated factor in the sport in the fact that a lot of them don't know what they're doing. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like no, the yeah, bike yeah, development yeah. is is dependent on the rider sometimes. If you're giving them bad information and steer them in the wrong direction, and I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but no, it could yeah, be. Yeah. The bike's not the bike's not going to get better. You're going to get worse. You know. Yeah. I look it, at I look at a guy who's changing a lot of things and wondering what is going on, what, you know, what's happening, yeah. what's who's yeah. who's why are they doing that? You know, uh, West Coast to East Coast dirt, sure. Uh, mud races, you know, that, uh, sure. You're going to try different stuff. But, man, you know, there isn't a whole lot of difference between a St. Louis and an Indianapolis or a um, whatever, Houston and a St. Louis. You know what I mean? So yeah. I wonder if a guy's changing a lot of stuff, if what exactly is going on in the testing end of things. So Well, right. I, just, one other thing I just wasn't real sure how the bike could go from – I know exactly the situation. Like, I saw the bike every day that Chad rode in 2009, and I know how good it was. And then, obviously, Ryan Dungey was really impressive in 2010 on a similar model. The frame was a little different. Yeah. Um, and then 2011, all of a sudden, now it's garbage. You know what I mean? That's yeah. basically – that wasn't what he said, but that's that's the feeling that I was getting, you know, from that – from him on it. I, I, uh, I, know, and, somebody, I know somebody who was down at the podium um, after the Motocross of Nations, and he said to Goose, apparently – uh, I can't wait to get off this thing. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm getting at. Is I don't know how that happens. How does I don't know how does that happen? You you should have all the same parts. Okay, maybe your maybe your guys left, your team manager left, Ian left, but it, it wasn't. They, they didn't have state secrets on how the bike was set up. You still had the same mechanic. You, you know, what I mean, there was still a lot of the same pieces in place. The same suspension guy. All they did, they all know exactly what's going on with that motorcycle. It wasn't so, like uh, it wasn't like Roger sent Nick Cage underneath the White House 
to unlock no, the exactly. secrets of it, the it RMZ. Wasn't, uh, there wasn't a big, um, you know, he didn't he didn't carry out a crate of all the cool stuff with him when he left to go to KTM. Yeah. You know what I mean, it, all that stuff was still readily available, and I, I just think it was a situation where things didn't come as easy. You know, Bill Poto was in there. Things were tougher. Chad was there. All these guys were racing, and it wasn't just a runaway, and, you know, it was maybe easier to be unhappy with the bike than it was the year before. You know, and, and that's just purely speculation on my part. I'm not trying to, you know, make Ryan mad or do Obviously, I have a lot of respect for that guy. He's, he's uh, pretty much does everything the right way. It's just, you know, it's just kind of curious the way it played out, in my opinion. Yeah, does it not make sense that the bike seems like it's working awesome when you have a 30-second lead at the end of the moto, but when you have two super gnarly dudes who are going, you're all going the exact same speed and just rotting your balls off to try to win a moto, that suddenly you're like, man, I wish this front end did this, or I wish it did that. Like, Doesn't it almost make sense that all of a sudden the bike would seem like it's not going as well when you're not ahead by 30 seconds? Yeah, yeah. and I know I know how, how happy Chad was with his motorcycle, and it seemed how happy Ryan Villapoto was with his motorcycle towards the end of the year, and they were all still battling. So... You know, obviously it wasn't too terrible. That's all. Let me. So, so let's. So, none of us think he's going to win the title, right? Is that kind of a? I think he. I. I would. If he won, it would. I wouldn't just be floored, but I, I have to think, just with all the changes. Yeah. He has to be more of a long shot than he was last year. Does Does the podium? Does he win a race, JT? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. But, I definitely wouldn't be surprised. And does the podium? I, I think he has all the tools. Right. And there's going to be situations where everything plays out, and if he gets a lead, he's you know he's yeah. very uh, confident of handling the lead, and yeah. he knows how to win. So uh, I would say yeah, he'll and, probably and the podium win. Streak, least, and the podium streak ends for sure, in your opinion. The, um, the podium less streak. I mean, the podium less streak of KTM not collecting a podium. Oh but, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was at the first uh, race that ended. Why can't uh, podium streak or win? What What do you think? Yeah, I think you can get a win. If you look back at, uh, you know, when, when Reed started coming on after a couple of rounds last year, he got a podium in Oakland, and people were like, oh, good for Reed. One last time he gets a podium. That's really cool to see. <laughs> yeah. You know? The old and man. And San Diego was kind of a mutter, and Filippoto crashed, and Stewart stalled, and there were all these problems, and he won. And then it was like, oh, good, he got one last win. You know what I mean? At that point, it almost looked like he's in it enough to take advantage of the situation. Later on in the year, he was just darn fast enough to just win anyway. But it's not impossible to see Dungey in the same type of situation. Maybe a hair off, a click off from those guys, but right. the right things happen, he gets a win. I mean, he's not going to be terrible, that's for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. if you put yourself in that situation enough times, things are going to go your way. Yeah. 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 Um, moving on, uh, Andrew Short. What, what, do we, what do we think about him, Weege? What do you think he's going to do? Um, it's... <laughs> This is weird. It's a uh, strange deal for a guy to have almost – it almost seems like it was like a year off and then back on the same team. <laughs> Not quite the same team, but it's very similar. Is there any precedent for that? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Larry Ward at one time or another probably has ridden for two factories. Uh, yeah, but within yeah. within, yeah. Yeah, within 13 months? Yeah, I don't think so. so. All right. It's so bizarre. So the question is – that same thing I said before, like the racing on a treadmill. Like you want to say, well, last time Shorty was on that bike, he was top five. And I feel he was, unfortunately for him, I feel like he was getting closer. You know, you remember the San Diego race two years ago where Millsaps won, and Shorta actually got hurt at that one. 
But he was staying close to Millsaps. That was almost an opportunity for him to finally get that win. Mm-hmm. And, and Anaheim, too, the week before that, there was this gnarly battle with Dungy and Hill and Stewart, and, and Short could see those guys for most of the race. Mm-hmm. And then he was injured a lot <clears throat> uh, after that, never really got to ride Supercross again. So you just look at that and say, well, he'll, he's back on the same bike. He'll be in the same place. But I don't think, again, that racing works that way. Like, things evolve quickly in a two-season span, and there's a lot of other guys in there now. So mm-hmm. I'd be pretty impressed if Shorty was, you know, the fifth guy like he was two years ago because I think a lot of other dudes are on the move. Right. What do you think, JT? I think you'll see a uh, much improved Andrew Short, but uh, as far as winning a race, I, I would say that's a long shot. Um, and that's not really a knock on Andrew. It's just the level of competition, and he's, you know, coming off an injury. So, um, you know, to win his first race ever in the toughest year ever coming off an injury is not a great equation. Right. You know? Yeah. So, I think I definitely think you'll see a return of the old Andrew Short, though. You know if that makes any sense. Well, I think that bike's pretty good, and uh, you know, I no, think that, that bike's really good. I think that's sure. a- <laughs> it, it is. I mean, I, I just just looking at the results and yeah, everybody that gets on it does great, <laughs> pretty much. So yeah, um, I think he's a leg yeah, up. On, he's a leg up on a lot of guys just getting that bike. You know, absolutely, absolutely, and, 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 and confidence too. He's he's <clears> going to be so much more confident on that bike than. He was, you know, on a 350. And, and, that's, and uh, that, that's a lot. That means a lot. And you so. know he's working hard off the track. You know he's doing the right things. You know he's, you know, he's. Uh, yeah, he's always done that. Right. I don't think that's ever an issue with him. It's just, uh, yeah. you know, you, you know you're going to get that no matter what. Yeah. Um, just that, you know, it's kind of back to the back to the situation he needs to to have to succeed. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should be good. I mean, I'm pumped for him. Andrew's one of the nicest guys out there, and uh, he deserves. He deserves a ride like that and to have a good bike, so cool. Uh, and Jake Weimer, we covered a little bit. Uh, JT, you see Weimer as maybe being in that mix, huh? You see Weimer with Brayton and Short and running around outside? Yeah, he's he's for sure in that mix. Right. I, I, I would argue with anyone who tried to claim otherwise. You know, he has the credentials. He has the the bike, the pedigree, the result, previous results, the program, the trainer, the you know, the talent, everything that. You know, it would yeah. be hard to hard to make a case against it, in big, my opinion. Big year for Weimer. Last year of his contract, and uh, you know Dean Wilson's looking at that spot and going, uh, yeah, I want I want in that truck with RV. So, big, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I think, uh, you know, obviously, you know, every year right now, the way the economy is and the way that, that uh, money is, is <laughs> kind of every year is a big year. But, um I think he he knows what he's capable of. It's just uh, you just got to go out there and do it, kind of. You know, he knows he knows how to ride. He knows he has a great bike. He knows he has the right program and all that stuff. So it's just a matter of a uh, matter of executing, really. You know, doing uh, what you're capable of. Does uh, does Brayton uh, Brayton steps it up? Why can't we know you're a big Brayton guy? So well, here's the funny thing. I was joking with the Gibbs guys about this, but I don't think they found this one funny. <laughs> when when Stewart went to JGR, you heard a lot of people say, oh, man, that's awesome. That team, they can build so much stuff. They've got all these resources. They're going to get him anything he wants. Like, that's a huge step up for him. And then but Brayton went to Factory Honda. Oh, that's great for Brayton. That's a huge step up for him to go to Factory Honda. So so what is it? Like, is the Gibbs team so awesome that but somehow you could go to Factory Honda and it would be a step up? So mm-hmm. Where does that leave Stewart? 
Is he on a second tier team? It's very strange to <laughs> How me. How many step that. ups is it? Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. So, so Brayton is in a better situation than Stewart is what that would mean. Um, it, it, it doesn't seem like anyone described it as a lateral move, but as JT just said, anyone who's gotten on that Honda usually worked out pretty well. Thanks for listening to the BTOSports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at BTOSports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex feel gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand. The wait is over. Um, but I think, but yeah, I think I, too, there's, there's different factors involved with that because, okay, from, from being there and you've been there, Weege and I've been there, you've seen what they have, their resources, you know, I, I've ridden against the, the Gibbs bike, like I've started against it, I've watched it, I've, you know what I mean? I know it's, I know it's good. Um, but I think, you know, the average person, the person who's making comments like that or anybody you're still talking about factory Honda and factory Honda has this aura about it just from the years of their dominance that, Oh, you're going to factory Honda now. That's obviously a better move. Okay. So right. you still have that mentality with everyone, but then for James and coming from L and M where he was clearly really unhappy and he felt like they could never get the bike to work and all these things. I think both of them, are true in the fact that, okay, Brayton's going to factory Honda. Everybody thinks factory Honda, you know, the majority of people think that's the best team or the best resources, et cetera. Okay. Well, James is basically staying on the same bike, but the consensus is that they can probably build the best that that bike can be. You know what I mean? So yeah, Brayton who's going to quote unquote the best team, but you, then you have James going to, you know, his own program that can make that bike the best of any. So it's kind of like I can see for both sides how it can be true in both in both manners. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but um, for both well, I situations, I think is, it's I think it's an upward move for both in their own respect. I, I can see that, but I guess the real question is: in reality, does it does it actually make Brayton a better rider? Will it make him get better results, or is it the aura of Team Honda? But in the end, on the track, the bikes are producing the same. So that's you know, again, it seems to be like Brayton's going to make a huge step this year because he's on factory Honda, but if you really look at it, it wasn't like he was on junk before, or maybe he was. I don't know. Uh, but I mentally, think, mentally yeah. it could be all the difference that he needs. If you, have, if you have the same equipment, but mentally you think something, you're, you're in a much better spot now, sometimes yeah. that's all it takes, honestly. 
I also do think uh, the mentality for Brayton works um, for that team because you've, you've heard the stories where Honda had, brings so much to the table that for some riders they would rather have the more relaxed atmosphere than that. And I know that the Honda personnel themselves are good guys, and they always deny, you know, we don't, we're not more serious than other teams. We don't put more pressure on our riders. So maybe it's just the, the reputation of being on that brand. But I think Brayton's one of those guys that thrives in that. Like, that guy's going to put more pressure on himself to improve than anyone could ever put on him. So he's not going to be uh, hurt by that. Um, remember the years of, like, Travis Preston on a factory Honda? He was better on a satellite-type factory connection effort because uh, that worked better for him. Or a guy like Wyndham seems to be better to just have his own kind of deal going, deal with things his own way. But I think Brayton really will thrive with their resources. Um, yeah, I, so. I kind of I can associate with that because it's like I tell people, there's no way that anybody I ride for is going to be more critical or more upset about results than I am. So you can put all the pressure on me you want. I guarantee you there, you aren't saying the things about me that I'm saying to myself. So. That kind of situation doesn't bother me. Yeah, and Brayton falls into that category. Right. Yeah, there's that guy will try anything, and if they say get better, he's like, yeah, I know, I'm trying. Uh, we haven't talked about Wyndham. Uh, here's the skinny on him, I think, and we can all agree on this. He can win a race. He's going to get a lot of fifth, sixth, sevenths, and he's going to be the most popular rider uh, on the track. Do we all agree? Yep. Yes, but the one thing, you know what, the, the thing about Wyndham is, and you mentioned the fan thing a lot with him, but he is not racing for that. Like, that's cool, and he enjoys it, and it's a nice bonus. Yeah, he gets pissed. No, he's legit pissed. When he gets pissed. sick, yeah. and you say, yeah, but the fans still love it, that just makes him more pissed. Yeah. He's not racing to get sixth and get cheers. He's racing to win and get cheers, and if he's getting sixth, he's not happy. Yeah, well. We've covered that. Can we, uh, can we pretty much assume that he's also going to get better as the series goes on? At the end, he'll be <laughs> battling for the win? Yes, yes. yes it happens every year. Yes. Every year it does. Yeah. Uh, Houston I think, time, somewhere around, whenever the Houston round will be. I think with, with K-Dub, too, it's like he, feel, he feels good. He gets – there's a few guys out with injury. He sort of sees that he could really win, and he gets better. You know what I mean? Like, mentally, I think when he's just like, hey, I, I, I don't have a chance, you can see it in his riding. You know? Yeah. I, 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 I guess I'm sort of saying that he slacks off a bit, which is not what I mean, but – I just—he's not going to put himself out there if there's five dudes killing each other to win. I—I I don't disagree. I yeah. don't disagree. Right. When the opportunities are there, you know, I think he starts to feel it. Right. Uh, yeah. Brett Metcalf, just move along. We don't need to talk about him. Well, here's a yeah. Who? who <laughs> we, we forget about him. Hey, why you bring up Metcalf? I think that's the difference between like a Wyndham and a Metcalf. Metcalf, I think, is doing the same thing, approaching every race the exact same way, and he's riding the same way. If he's an eighth or first, or there's five gnarly dudes, or five gnarly dudes all crashed out, right. you're getting the same thing from that guy every time. Where I think Wyndham does seize the opportunity sometimes, and mm-hmm. other times it's just, ah, not working Which, right now. that is the, J- JT, you can, you can back me on this. That's the, the real, true talent is raising your game like that. That's not easy. That's incredibly tough. tough. Yeah, that's it's incredibly pretty, it's pretty tough. Pretty tough when the when the level keeps getting raised. Yeah, and you and you just and you you're able to ride out of your comfort level, and put together laps and and, and make it without balling yourself up. That's a true talent. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's only a few guys that in the middle of a race that can identify 
something that somebody else is doing and and mm-hmm. just adapt to it. Right. Like, oh yeah, I got that, and I'm just gonna do, start doing that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty, uh, and, pretty rare. And Wyndham's one of them. And Metcalf's not. Would we say? Yeah, I don't know that Metcalf really falls in that category. Metcalf's kind of a grinder, right? Where you know he's a super hard worker, and he's he's his speed is competitive, but he's just always there, <clears> and <throat> you know he's always gonna be one of those guys that you have to worry about and. And uh, it, it'll be interesting this year to see how it goes as when he's kind of the, you know the lone Suzuki Ranger mm-hmm. kind of yeah if his results improve or or you know because he's going to have the full attention of everybody at Suzuki now you know so yeah kind of kind of interested to see how that works out. Uh, what about the H and H guys? Tedesco, Hanny, Partridge, Hill. Tedesco obviously the most solid of the group. He's just got to stay. Team wild card, man. He's team just, wild card. <laughs> is it ever perfect from Vegas? Is it ever perfect to... <laughs> team to be to be to be headquartered in in Vegas? They are rolling the dice. Yeah, uh, you could. Uh, man, you could. <laughs> their results could be like four nineteen DNQ DNF, and you'd be like, "Yep, that's about right." Yeah. Like, yeah. no idea. You right. just have no clue what's going to happen. I think Hill's got an uphill climb um, to get back to where he was. You know, he's still got a little bit of nerve problems in his foot when he shifts. And shifting bothers him a little bit. Partridge, I see, you know, being a main event guy. Um, and Ivan, well, yeah, Ivan's got to uh, got to stay injury-free, which he hasn't been able to do. He's certainly fast enough. Yeah. Uh, what about Hanny? What do you see Hanny doing, Wagant? You know, it's funny. We talked about this very early last season, but I think it was um, one of the ones at Ping, and we'll – by the way, folks, we'll have a podcast of Ping next week, but this is a tradition. Three of us have done this show, I think, for, what, five seasons now? Even, by the when, way? even when I was at Transworld Motocross. Yes, we did one even at Transworld. Yep. Yes. Um, but anyway, when Hanny was doing well in the lights class last year, and it looked like, eh, he's probably going to end up being a champ, he's going to be moving up, you know, he's taking advantage of his kind of second shot at racing. But what happens when he goes to the 450s and things get much harder? You know, he can – put in a decent amount of work for him and still come out on top of Brock Tickle and a young Eli Tomac and Ken Roxon. But how is it going to work when he has to go up against guys like Filippoto and Reed and Stewart and whatnot who leave nothing on the table? Every inch that they can give you, they're going to give you, man. And I don't know. To be that kind of a grinder, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I think he, I I mean, he's certainly got the talent. He, he needs to just – you know, he needs to stay away from the off-track stuff and the drama and that surrounds him and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not sure he can, but I guess we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Well, I don't even mean that, though. I don't even mean that. Yeah, even yeah, even no, no, I know. Away from the no. drama. The problem is that you've got guys at the top who are also have unbelievable talent but also do every single thing they possibly can every single day to be as good as they can in that class. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know if he's ever going to be at that level of work. What do you think, JT? I don't know. It's such a it's such a just endless possibilities of what how that's going to go. If the that's, that's awesome to me, I, I have no clue. Like I wouldn't bet yeah. a dollar on what's going to happen. If the season starts off rough, I, honestly, it could be rough. Like his results, I, I could care less. Whatever. If he gets fifth yeah. or if he gets fifteenth, I, I don't really. It doesn't affect me. You know what I mean? I, I don't care. Right. But I'm I'm interested more to see. Uh, how he goes about the racing because in the lights class he was kind of a bully out there. Like he was running into people, 
knocking people down. You know, I mean, he was really aggressive and got into his fair share of incidents, and he crashed, you know, a lot of times doing it. I want to see if he brings that same tone to the 450 class, you know, given the guys he's racing against. Because he's not knocking down Bruce Rutherford anymore. He's going to be knocking down, you know, Justin Brayton. He's going to be you know, guys, that, guys that can fight back. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what I'm more interested in than really seeing how he does is, is what happens on that, that aspect than anything. Yeah, interesting. I, think if I see Hanny having moments here like some awesome heat race or a few awesome laps or something or one great race where he gets a podium and then all of a sudden everybody's fired up like, he's got to figure it out now. And then I could see the magic just still just somehow going away. Like it just seems like it could be so hit and miss. I can see it all happening to me in he, the course of like ten days. <laughs> to me, if he starts off not good or whatever, he however he starts it off is how it's going to go. You know what I mean? Like he's going to yeah. Okay. I, right. I, if he starts strong, he'll keep it going. He'll keep being strong. He'll he'll be a, a you know a factor each week inside the top ten. If it goes wrong early, then it's going to go and keep tumbling down wrong and bad. So. The good thing about it, though, is that he has Kenny to kind of steady the ship. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Kenny is his rock, and any bad situations, Kenny can, you know, just settle him down. He knows the right things to say. He's a picture of, you know, everything calm. And uh, just kind of steer him right back into the, into the you know, into the middle. For the first... So. Um, uh, I, I believe, from what I gather, Kenny isn't really allowed to man or isn't managing Hanny. Hanny doesn't respect him and tells him to shut up all the time. <laughs> and Kenny has passed on any managing duties to Hart and Tedesco. Like they are telling Hanny what to do because there is absolutely no respect there from Hanny to Watson because they're longtime bros. Yeah. So. Well, Tedesco's kind of been guiding Hanny, I think, for the last couple of years anyway. And uh, it yeah. seems like it's working. You know, obviously he didn't – the title didn't work out for him, but right. his results have obviously been been there, you know, since kind of Ivan's been helping. So, um, All right, let's let's uh, let's move on from there. we got to start racking these things down. Uh, jo- uh, Josh Grant, anyone? Uh, well, again, you talked to him a little while ago. He's still kind of injured, huh? Yeah, it's kind of the same thing with short. You know, you have these gnarly injuries, and everyone just says, well, you know, you're yeah. back by the first round, you're good to go. But, you know, the clock is what the clock is. You know, yeah. so if you yeah. get ACL surgery in July, you know, that's considered almost a six month deal, which puts you into the middle of January. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to be 100%. You know, it's kind of the same thing with shorty. Like, those guys will be there, but that's not to say that they got to do everything they wanted to do. Plus, yeah. that's a new team. Um, and for whatever that's worth, I mean, some new teams have come out ready to go, and other ones they've been the quote-unquote learning year. Um, so that's a big wild card. The thing about the Grant, and we've said this a million times, he has the irrational confidence. You know, if, if guys like Weimer and Metcalf and Brayton could have his level of irrational confidence of, <laughs> I mean, he truly believes that he can like, beat any of those guys at any time. I like how you say irrational. <laughs> well, not, if not beat him, at least beat him down. <laughs> right, right. But my point is, it's you know, if you look at the stat page, he shouldn't think that he should beat those guys because he's done it a handful of times. You know what I mean? You know, look at the 
career stats of Ryan Villapoto and Josh Grant. But I guarantee you Josh Grant cares for none of that and thinks, when I get my act together, I can beat that guy. Right. You know? yeah. And I think if you were to ask Weimer or Brayton or Metcalf, they'd be like, well, I don't know. He's always been a little bit faster than me. I'm yeah, going to yeah. keep trying. Right, but. right, right. Uh, but Grant really can. That's the crazy thing. He really can beat those guys. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just, I don't think he can do it consistently. Right. That's the right. problem. It's chicken of the egg. So what leads to that? Him having that talent gives him that confidence, or him having that confidence gives him that talent? It's some combination. It's definitely the talent. Listen, I could, I could tell myself, I, you could sit me down and let me practice all by myself for a year, every day, and just you have a psych, you know, a psychologist out there. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna win Anaheim one. You're gonna beat Ryan Villapoto. You're gonna beat Chad. And I'm gonna just ride every day. And I'm just gonna do everything you tell me to do. Cycle, ride. You know what's gonna happen today, one? I'm gonna get my ass kicked. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You still have to have the talent. That's it's, is... that's first and foremost, no matter what. So what what hour what minute are we up to on this podcast? One oh five. One oh five. Folks, you need to just stop this recording right now. Just pause it and think about what has just been said. <laughs> Someone has taken the weirdo excuse that every we've heard from every race and every racer for a decade. It's all mental. It's all mental. All these guys can yeah. do it. They all have the talent. They, they just... all know how to ride. It's all mental. We're finally taking that and throwing it right back. <laughs> so what you're saying, Thank JT, you, JT. So what you're saying, JT, is working hard. Ricky wasn't just the hardest worker all those years. Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, talent. No. <laughs> yeah, you have. I mean, you have to work hard. You can't just rely on talent alone because you're going to get tired. You know right. what I mean, all those things. Right. You still have to. You still have to do the things that are going to allow you to reach your potential for 20 laps. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not just a, a give me. It's not a one lap sprint. Right. Uh, right. You still have to do all the work, but you can do all the work and still not be good enough. It's, you know. That's that's the problem. Uh, you can work harder than somebody that's better than you, and then still beat you. That's that's the hardest thing about our sport. Uh, Kyle Chisholm, what do we think? More of the same, fifth to tenth, uh, ninth to twelfth. Is that what we think? Yeah, I think he'll be solid. He'll yeah. be he'll be in the main event every week. He'll have good weeks and bad weeks. You know, right. I, I don't think he's gonna really like step out. Of, you know, really like shock the world or anything. Right. He'll do right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, JT, you think you think anything more to say? Oh, me? Ch- Ch- Your Weech. Uh, no, Weech. That, yeah. that was me. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Weech. I think I think for him it will be a good year, you know, for him. But it's just tough in this in this uh, field. You know, what result does that mean? Yeah. Like, if you're Chisholm and you get tenth, you might look at nine guys in front of you and be like, you know, actually, he's going pretty darn good. I'm having a trouble concentrating sometimes on podcasts when Maple Leafs are on, and then they, when they blow a two-goal <laughs> lead with ten minutes to go in the third period, sometimes I get a little irrational myself. Whoa, so yeah. like live during this, you're just going in and out there, yeah, emotionally, the, the, heart rate going a, up. And, there's a TV right in front of me, and, and I just watched them blow two-goal lead in, are you sweating? in nine minutes. Um, Michael Lessie. Michael Lessie. I just want to expound on the, the Chisholm thing. Like, yeah. There was obviously a lot of you know talk and – you know, obviously him winning Bercy was awesome, but then he went to Geneva and Brayton pretty much, you know, dominated. So mm-hmm. it's it's still going to, you know, it changes. Everything changes, and, and Chad says this a lot, is, you know, things change and years come and go, but it's, it always ends up being the same guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. All the right. same guys are always better than the, the people they're better than. It's always the same. You, know, you always end up racing the same people at your level, year in and year out. You you can make subtle changes, right? 
but you're, you know, everybody's improving all the time. So it's still, it's, it's really hard to really jump levels, you know, yeah. it, it just yeah. doesn't happen that often. I yeah, can't I, believe what I'm hearing. I cannot believe this. I thought everyone had the same level of talent, and they all know how to ride dirt bikes. Well, I'm just blown away right now. Blown away. Um, no, uh, yeah, I see Chisholm on that third level. Uh, you know, I see the top, you know, five guys that we cover. Then I see the Brayton, Weimers, Metcalfs, and I see Chisholm in that next group. Yes, we all agree on that. Yeah, yeah. Which I'm saying is a good. That's good but, for him. Hey, you know, no, yeah. yeah. Listen, two years yeah. ago he had no ride. He was he was riding right. a, a bike out of Rock River Yamaha. So. Um, and speaking of Rock River Yamaha, how does Vince Freeze go from that team to Moto Concepts in like a week? He, I saw poster shoots of him on a Rock River Yamaha, like Vince Freeze whoosh, doing a berm. He's on our team. Check us out. And then, yeah. and then I see him. He's on Moto Concepts. Check us out, Vince Freeze. He's back on Moto Concepts. Is it possible he has photos of Mike Genova? Genova? Is it possible he has some incriminating photos at all? I have always wondered possible. what his connection is with that team. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm probably not a good person to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You're right. Um, Michael Lessie, though. Let's talk about the, the rider on the team, the, the captain of the team, uh, Michael Lessie. What do we see him doing? Ooh, that's going to be a tough <laughs> uh, year for him, man. Getting good starts and doing the same thing he always did. I, I, I might argue that he's going to do worse than he's ever done in Supercross. I, I'm not confident of the – the machine and his father Tony running the program. I'm sorry, I'm just not. Um, you know, I, I read. I think that, his bike's pretty good. I, I really do. You think they're going to know think, what they're doing, and they're going to they're going to be testing, and they're going to they're going to really know. I mean, by all accounts, according to Mike Gosler, who knows a thing or two, Michael Lessie is the worst test rider he's ever seen. Right, but he, I heard, but Tony uh, Lessie. I just think I think last year the equipment he was on, what he started on, was not very good. That that 450 was really outdated. Right. Uh, it just wasn't a great bike, and I think the bike he's starting on now is is a pretty good bike. A production Suzuki is pretty good. Doesn't take it doesn't take a lot of work to make it really good. So I think his bike's going to be good. I think he's going to get good starts. He always has. His bike's fast. Um, so I, I think he's in a good spot. I I don't see him taking a turn for the worse. Okay. I, I think he's going to be on as good or better of a bike than he was on last year for Supercross, in okay. my opinion. I think uh, it's weight-wise and all that stuff. That, that ATM 450 was way, way out of date. I disagree. Okay. I agree with Mathis. I'm going to go with Mathis on this one. Ah, I suck, think, it, uh, suck it, JT. I think and what, what is worse? That's, that's, that is what I want to know. What do we consider worse than he was? Because last year wasn't good. Yeah, and I think he's going to do worse. That's what I'm saying, though. We have to define worse so we can at least know who was right. Worst placing in the points. Worst finishes in in moto in the in the mains. I think okay. Mike is going to be. So it'll right. be a definitive. We'll be able to look back and definitively say, "Yep, he was definitely better." Yes. In 2011. Yes. Okay, I disagree. Okay. Well, we will see. Though that's the great part about this podcast is we will get to actually generally see. seeing myself proven right is the nice part in this podcast. Well, we you haven't Last ever done year. that, so I'm sure it will be one day. <laughs> Last year, Mike had seven top ten finishes, seven races where he finished tenth or better. I don't think he'll have that many this year. No. I don't think he will because I think everyone else has, again, it's so deep. Everyone's getting so good, and I think there's so many guys that have raw 
just super cross skills and talent, and he that's just not his deal. And I know that the he was actually on the 350 for Supercross, wasn't he? No, he's on a 450. He's on a 450. Supercross? No, he's on a 450. No, he was on the 350. You're right. You're right. I'm right. sorry. Right. Yes. Which is no better. I mean, we're not saying that. Yeah. You're right. We're not saying that he had awesome equipment because he was on the 350. Thank but, God um, they've given that up, by the way. And I just want to say it once again, chink for me. Oh, and the Carolina just scored in overtime to uh, set the Leafs to the to the loss. Great, great. That'd job. be great if anybody liked hockey, but um, that'd be. I just uh, now I'm rattled. I can't believe they they gave up that. Okay, you know what? Ooh. This podcast is over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> thank God they thank God they they gave up that 350 and chink for me for being right about that bike. By the way, yeah, I think I think I was definitely on that bandwagon as well. Right, Pingree was not. I'm going to give credit because yeah, well, it was a year ago at this time yeah. that uh, JT said that the Yamaha, there were some problems with that bike, and I wasn't hearing that publicly. Um, and I think we were like, really? You're just throwing that out there? And then, uh, Steve, I believe you had a podcast with uh, Larry Brooks like the next week, and he's like, if anyone rides it, they'll know it's fine. Yeah, he's like, oh, that, he's never even ridden it. He's yeah. drunk. Yep. yep. Well, yep. what happened? All right, guys. That's repair. why you guys are buying factory Honda this year. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So, uh, again, how much of your um your bashing of Alessi, maybe not bashing, but how much of your thinking Alessi is going to do worse is because of the J- the JT gear that you don't like? No, um, uh, I think I'm cool with the JT gear now. Oh, you are. Here's why. Here's why. Here's what has changed for me. He's a JT hater. JT. JT. He's a JT for... hater. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the JT. Not Jason Thomas, but the JT gear. Here's my JT thing. When they had Retro Night at Anaheim like four years ago, they said when Larry Huffman steps out of a limo and David Bailey and Rick Johnson ride laps around the stadium, people are going to cry. And what really happened was people didn't react because they were like, I'm 12 years old, I don't know who these guys are. But, oh, my God, there's McGrath and Carmichael. So never underestimate how young a lot of our fans are. So when a new gear comes out and they're like, Chuck Son wore it and Brock Glover wore it and Mark – that's like appealing to 0.3% of the motocross market that actually That's, good. that's only appealing to Vital MX. Only. Yeah, and we think that's important because we all followed the sport forever, so we all know all this stuff, but that's not the general guy. But now they have finally signed a team with some modern guys. So maybe the retro thing they'll start to drop off and they can just be judged on their own merits instead of we had Brock Lover wear our gear in 1985. People just don't care. It's a small, slim, slim, slim audience yeah. that cares about that. I, had a... I, feel, I feel like I missed the boat on that deal bad. And I, I have a great relationship with Fly, and when I'm done racing, I will probably continue my relationship in some capacity with them. But I feel like when I was in my prime and I was, you know, at my most marketable, I mean, how much better of a situation could that have been for me to wear JT gear? And, you know, oh. you know what I mean? Like, when, when people were willing to, you know, wanted me in that, in that situation, I would, that was perfect for me. I mean, how, you know, mm-hmm. it would be like JT, there was RC JT. gear, and RC got to wear RC gear. Like, it would have just been awesome. Now, I feel yeah, like you, it, it was popular before me, and now they're just going to blow up, you know, toward, at the end of my career. I just totally missed my window. Because when you're in there negotiating, you could have said, them simply saying my nickname is a free plug. And no other routers. Exactly. How how much more publicity can I get you guys? And every time they my name is said, mentioned, anything, you're also going to get your your JT. company name said. It's just Ooh. hard to beat that. 
These are, these are things I think about, you know, when um, I'm flying, you know, 12, 12 hours each way. Makes sense. Every to, weekend. To Estonia and back. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, well, um, yeah, it's funny because I had a photo of Ron Lachine on my Twitter avatar uh, with the Bad Bones gear, and I got a tweet from a guy that said, uh, hey, is that Mike LaRocco? And um, hey. I retweeted it, and then a bunch of people came down on him real harshly, even saying I should block him, which I would never do. <laughs> And then the guy said, "Hey, when's that photo? 19? I said 1988 or whatever." He goes, "I was I was when min- it was Lachine, the yeah. picture of Lachine. He goes, "I was yeah. minus three years old," and he's got a point. He's got a point. Yeah, there's people buy yeah. gear too. Right, right, yeah, and, right. Uh, yeah. So, okay, well, I'm like just pictures, pictures of like Marty Smith or Marty Trice. I'm not real sure. If right. you tell me who it is, I, I'm going to know. Right. But I, uh, I, I never saw that person ride a dirt bike. <laughs> I never saw that person at all, yeah. ever. So, which. Yeah. Really just boils down to the fact that we're old. Um, but, nah, I'm glad to see why again. I'm glad to see you coming around on that. Well, yeah. they got modern modern guys. This is what happens, has to happen. JT has to – What it has to not look like the gear looked in 1985. But just in 1985, it was the coolest-looking gear of any other gear that was out then. So they either have the coolest-looking gear of anything that's out now or they don't. That's the only thing you can judge them by. Okay. You know, you know, I mean? you know who we didn't talk about in this podcast? Well, uh, I know there's a big name we left out. Who's that? David Millsaps. Yes, exactly. Just going to say that. Okay. David Millsaps. I have not talked like, about him. Get somebody else. Um, somebody, somebody actually brought Millsaps up earlier. I heard, I've heard his name a couple times in this podcast. Uh, what do we think? What do we know? Um, what are we more of the same? <laughs> well, here's the thing. It is yeah, more the same in this. I, I think it will be similar. You know, same program, same bike. You know, I think the, the improvements they've made to make James happy have got it filter down to him i would think um but still gonna be the same guy you know blazing fast one weekend you know lackluster looks like he didn't want to be there another weekend you know that, that's just kind of and that may not be fair to say because you know he may have the same motivation every weekend that's just the way it looks from the outside so what's more of the same you, is you agree I'm with that all these great things about him which is what we always hear this time of year lost all this weight really taking it serious now he's putting in crazy effort he's ready to go he's going to shock people um but i feel like we hear that quite a few different years not every year it's like every other year with him yeah. so uh, uh i've definitely heard it and i saw him not that long ago uh like a week or so ago and he does look like he's slimmed down but at this point the amount of times i've heard Millsaps have lost 20 pounds he's like a supermodel at this point the amount of times he's lost 20 pounds we should be like do- Oprah. we should be donating money to him for our dropping rice bags Onto his yeah. lawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hey, uh, who's going to win the title? Let's uh, let, give me, give me, give me, uh, give me an answer. Why again? Who wins this title at the end of the year? Um, I'm going to go with the safest bet I can, which I'm going to go with Villapoto. But like I said, if Reed and Stewart are holding the plate, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. If Dungey was, I'd I'd really be pretty surprised. What do you think, JT? So I'm going to go with Villapoto. Hard, very, very close between those other two. JT. Uh, I'm not picking. You have to pick. Know. No, you have to pick. No, I, I don't. I didn't sign anything. <laughs> no, you have to pick. That's, I don't know, man. That's what we do. I don't know. So hard. There's, there's just so no. Hard. I want Chad to win, so I'll pick Chad. I don't know. Any of them can win, so I'll pick Chad because I want Chad to win. How about that? Okay. Well, you clearly not going to make it, not going to be very good in the media if you get a media job. <laughs> it's not going to well, work I'm, out. I'm I'm still a racer. It's not. Like, I'll pick me. 
How about that? I'm going to win. I'm going to win it all, Mathis. No, you just said if you worked with a psychologist for four months and did everything right, you're still not going to win. You're saying I, couldn't, I wouldn't be very good at media. Well, I'm, I'm not media. I'm racing. Okay, fine. Whatever. I think JT thinks that Stewart's going to win. Weege. Yeah, yeah, there was uh, – and, and that's not just him. Heard um, a couple other insiders big on the Stewart thing, which kind of surprises me. Um, um, I'm going – It seems like the, yeah. the bandwagon is to rip on James Stewart right now, but uh, yeah. I guess there's enough smart people out there that are like, dude, he's still James Stewart. Come on. I went with Stewart last year, and I said he's the most talented rider in the class. He's able to do things that others cannot, and, he, and he's the gnarliest guy. And I was proven right, except for the fact he didn't win the title. Um <laughs> So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna change my pick and go with Ryan Villapoto because he has the, the least amount of change out of anybody. James wanted off that bike really bad, and I don't care how much JT tells me that uh, it's a, you know it's gonna, it's only gonna share the name Yamaha with his L and M bike. I don't I don't buy that. It's still a frame, still a motor. He wanted off that bike really bad, so I'm going with Villapoto. Dungey's got too much change. Reed. Coming in maybe a little bit behind. Canard coming in a little bit behind. And he has too much change as in, like, money? Yeah, too much money. Too much, cha- he literally too much probably, change in his pocket? He probably literally does have a lot of change in his bank. <laughs> um, I, that's, I don't know if his checks have started coming in yet, but... I'm going, with, uh, I'm going with Ryan Villapoto. That's my pick. Uh, sleeper pick. Let's go sleeper pick. Give me a sleeper pick. Can, right? I, can, I take a, can I pick either James or Chad? How about that? I'll pick a James slash Chad. All right, whatever. I just want to get you pick something. Because I so. I, th- I want Chad to win, but I think James is going to be really strong this year. Okay. That's fair. Right. That's, that's fair, right? That, okay. Wh- whatever, bro. You didn't sign anything, like you said. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, why again? Who's going to be a sleeper? Give me a sleeper, and maybe somebody we talked about. Maybe somebody we didn't. Somebody who's going to surpass their 2010 performance by quite a bit. If there's someone that we uh, 2011 didn't mention that's actually going to be a sleeper, I would be very impressed. I don't know who we left off the list. I got I got one. Uh, I got one. So. That we have not mentioned. That we have not mentioned. Wow. Um, well, I, this is the weird thing, by the way, on this podcast. First of all, there's one rider we don't know how to classify, and that's Trey Kennard. We don't even know where to put that right now. We basically didn't even mention him because I guess it's just hard to judge. Um, it's like Vegas didn't put odds on uh, the NBA season because they're just too weird with the shortened season. Um, so Kennard could be there, by the way, I guess. Um, but I think the rider who's going to be – um, most flashes of brilliance, most, oh, he almost showed he could run with those guys and better than he was last year. I'm actually going to go with Millsaps on that one. Okay. All right. JT? He'll be, the, he'll be the guy that a couple of times, a couple of times is like, man, he's really stepped up. And then yeah, I don't expect it to last every week. But uh, last year, you really didn't see that from him at all. Okay. Not indoors. So what do you look for? Biggest surprise? Is that what the... Sleeper, dude. The prediction, biggest sleeper. Okay, um, I'll say Kennard because he's so off the radar right now. I mean, no, I think no, you cannot you say Kennard. That's, no. that's got to be handicapped. You can't that's pick Kennard. No, why? We all know Kennard's good, dude. Yeah, we dude, all know that. That's not a sleeper. What? Millsaps isn't good. He's won how many races? The guy won. The only reason we're not assuming anybody out there thinks Millsaps sucks. Didn't think so. The only reason we don't have Kennard in that group is because he's hurt. We all know that he's as no, good as the one other guys. Like, you're not picking. You're not picking Kennard. Am I wrong? You're not picking Kennard. Am he I wrong? One year last year, 
He's won more races in the last. The Chinaman is not the issue that. here, dude. The Chinaman is not the issue. <laughs> no, you're not picking you Canard. Pick Canard as a sleeper pick. That's not a sleeper. I'll give you one. If you like saying my sleeper pick is Ryan Villapoto, he's the yeah. champ. Like his credentials are established. <laughs> There's no sleeping. Uh, he's awake. JT, here's here's one. I'm not picking him, but here's one I thought of. If you want one, Tommy, I'll Tommy, pick my own. Thank you, Tommy, Tommy Hahn. Tommy Two Tone Hahn. No. Okay. Wow. He's not my wow. <laughs> wow. Did you hear that, Weege? That was a what? disgust. That was an utter disgust. No. Well, no, I, I don't think Tommy Hahn's going to win a race this year. No one is saying the sleeper has to win a race. Just the biggest jump in performance from his 2011 performance. Oh, well, yeah, obviously he, he struggled last year on that Yamaha. So. No one's saying. Yeah, he could do a lot better. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. He could do a lot better than he did last year. I'm sure he will. Yeah, I mean, the um, actual number of race when winners. You say sleeper, when you say sleeper, I'm thinking, holy crap, I didn't think that guy was going to be up there. Right. That, that's, that, that's what I'm looking at. That, up there could that, be that's fifth. That's what you're going with? Up okay. there could okay. be fifth, sixth. Okay. Uh, I'm th- I think, when I think of sleeper, I think like, wow, that guy just got on the podium. Holy crap, I didn't see that coming. You know what I mean? That's what I think well, of. Well, whatever. And I don't. God. JT, we're not – this isn't, you know, rocket science. However you want to do it, just give us a goddamn sleeper. Well, I feel like we go back at midseason and the end-of-season podcast. I'm like, oh, you were so wrong on that one. Nice sleeper. You're a jerk. You know what I mean? So yeah. you really have to put a lot of thought into these things. Um, I still can't cap Kennard. Ah, it's brutal. Uh, can I have Brayton? No. Brayton's no, wait a minute, different. wait a minute. No, if you can pick Millsaps, yeah, then okay. Brayton. You can pick Brayton. You can pick Brayton. I mean, Brayton no and Millsaps are the same guys. level. You can pick Brayton. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, you can pick Brayton. All right, I'll pick Brayton. All right. Whatever. Both you two not going out on that branch at all. You're preferring to stick to the, uh, to the edge and not going out there. Um, I am going to pick one. Top Jimmy Albertson. Big jump up. Okay. Just because it couldn't get much worse for Jimmy in 2011, could it? <laughs> well, if you break your leg before the first main event and don't race any rounds, yeah, he's probably going to do better than that. Thank you. I hope. Thank you. Hope he does better than that. What do you think, JT? What do you see out of top Jimmy? He's your teammate. Uh, I think he's going to do better outdoors than Supercross, but I think he'll still do okay. I think he'll do well. Uh, I just think I think he's a better better outdoor guy than a Supercross guy. Okay. So. He just doesn't have a lot of experience. It's not that it, it's not that he doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't know what he's doing or anything. He just doesn't have a lot of experience in it. So yeah, I think it's going to be kind of a learning experience at times, and uh, you know, he'll get better at it and stuff like that. It's just like every year that he's gone to ride to race Supercross, he's getting hurt. So right, you know, there's there's something to be said for you know learning. So that's okay. it. He'll do good. He'll be fast and all that stuff. He just gotta you know. Yep. Learn and and get get comfortable in that situation. When when are you coming back on Twitter, JT? Uh, yeah, I don't really have a you know ETA, so okay. don't hold your breath. All right, there's some super fan you have on Twitter, there's some some guy. Yeah, I know that guy's cool. <laughs> of course, he's your super I, uh, fan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What what what's not to like? Right. Exactly. Uh, cool. All right. Um, anything else, guys? Um, 
Any new uh, tracks you want to talk about? Stadiums? We're going back to New Orleans. Um, back to New Orleans, yeah, that's going to be interesting. They yeah. totally redid yeah. that stadium, apparently, like refurbished it, everything, so that'll be cool. Well, that's good because the last time we were there, I think people just died in it about a month before. So. Yeah, it wasn't uh, um, wasn't wasn't a real good scene. That's how I just feel bad when I go there. Like honestly, like it's a cool race, but I just every time I go there, I just feel bad. Like the place is so destroyed from Katrina. It's pretty pretty rough. Um. Uh, pretty bummed about no Jacksonville, but I mean I saw it the writing. You on might the wall, you might be the only one. Well, I mean, what what's bad about Jacksonville? The I weather's like the awesome. Event. I mean, it, I, I don't. Obviously, the, the attendance wasn't there, but you don't work for Feld, so I don't know what. Yeah, so I think it's a cool it. event to go to. Yeah, yeah. you obviously there, didn't like it. I guess I guess I'm the dick then, huh? Yeah. No, no, I'm asking what you didn't like. I'm not offended. I just was wondering. Um, I just, uh, it was a long trip. It was a long flight. Um, oh, oh gosh. The, the, the walk from the pits to the stadium was far. Um, somebody got two years in a row, people got their laptops stolen from the press box. Um, I do like the, the, I stayed in a really nice hotel though, right on the water. I did last not know year. that. Two, two, uh, nice hotel, Priceline hooked me the up. Hyatt? Um, no, next to the Hyatt, I think. Okay. There was yeah. a, um, there was a, uh. Steakhouse in it that was really good, so I like that part of yeah, it. Yeah, see, all that stuff's cool. Like the landing is right there. All right. those, all that stuff is right there. Right. Like literally, like, walking distance from the stadium. I don't know. I thought it was a cool event. I just wish the, you know, the typical problem with Florida Supercross is the attendance is bad. Yeah, what? Never. But, it just doesn't work there, huh? It just does not work. No, nah, it's just the weather's too good. There's too many other things to do, and uh-huh. just I don't know. The Midwest is so frozen. It's it's a reason to get out of the house. And then California, obviously, everyone rides their bikes, so right. Just uh, I don't know. Just a tough spot to make it work, which is unfortunate. Because, Although you know, the, the weather's da- great there. The Daytona Supercross attendance has never been better since moving it to Saturday is night. Is it though? Is it? Yeah. I, I don't really know what the numbers are. Dude, when we used to go there back in the day, when it was in the middle of the day on Saturday, there was like nobody there. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I never see numbers. I, I. It's really hard to judge because the. It's so different. Right, like right. you can't tell. There's people everywhere on the on the you know on the track, like right. on the the pavement, mm-hmm. and then the stands are kind of half full. But you don't you know it's really hard to get a judge on because it's in a, in a football stadium. You you know because you've seen so many races and you have a real good idea. Like you can narrow it down, but I, I just never have an idea. I don't know. It could be ten thousand or it could be thirty thousand. I wouldn't know the difference. Give me a rider who's going to sh- struggle in twenty twelve. JT, give me a guy who looks well like level. Uh, well just level. just you know a guy maybe it's gonna be up again. I'll I'll, 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 sh- I'll I think Josh Grant is gonna have a problem. He's coming in injured. He's on his uh, third team in uh, three years and uh, third bike, and I think a little bit of his magic is gone. Coming in hurt behind the eight ball. He, he, I think he's gonna have a tough time. Could be. Um, yeah. And I think uh, what what is does anyone know what Kyle Regal's doing? Because I don't. Is he is he riding? I, I think he's riding, right? Pretty much anything that could be going on is going on with that guy right now. Apparently, James Stewart stole some of his stuff. The multi yeah, yeah, I saw the, that. the multi billionaire James Stewart yeah. is now reduced yeah. to stealing golf clubs and things like that. <laughs> um, you know, so. I don't know. But I, I can't get an answer. Like, cause I, I hear – I don't know. Is he riding Hondas? I, I'm assuming he's riding Hondas for Jim Lewis. Uh, I would think so, too, but wouldn't we already know? 
wouldn't. Right, wouldn't, that's what I mean. Yeah. There's been literally no word. I don't know what kind. I, I'm assuming he's wearing fly because he had before, yeah. but I haven't seen any kind of press release. No media, no nothing. When I know I, race, he, uh, literally nothing. We've been trying to get had, a hold of him. Why? Had a guy. Right, had right. a guy on him. Yeah. <laughs> had a for guy like on a him. month. <laughs> trying that's to get. Not, him. That doesn't sound legal. You had a guy on him for a month. This is the and, man who once said once they had a rape mood in the in the wrestling ring, JT. So yeah, that's true. I mean, if I I know how to get people to 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 give the answer you need. <laughs> we had a guy. We had one of our, one of our one of our contributors has made it like his life's goal for the last month to get the Kyle Regal story. And, and I told this guy, give it up if he doesn't want to be interviewed by Racer yeah. X and give an exposure, yep. then move on. But this man will not move on. He will not. So uh, as of today, he got Regal on the phone today, and Regal still said, still can't talk, deal still not signed. Wow. So, okay, I'll, I'll make my pick. Somebody who's going to have maybe a rougher year than last year and maybe just tougher than last year is Tedesco. Maybe. Okay. All right. Um, just coming up injury like yeah. I did. I know how hard it is, and obviously I feel like I'm at 100%, so obviously he's going to get there too, but uh, it's just going to be tougher this year for everybody. Okay. So. Uh, Why again? What do you think? This one I think is going to surprise a lot of people. Justin, I like him. Justin I Brighton. want to be proven. No. <laughs> <laughs> Struggling? No. <laughs> no. Struggling. No. no. Struggling. Hey, I'm probably getting heat because I picked the other JJR guys, my sleeper, which probably sounded pathetic enough. Um, but Millsap's fairly well sucked in Supercross last year, so that's yeah, he my was, reasoning. Yeah, he wasn't very good. He was much better outdoors, for sure. Right. Um, but this one, I think, is going to surprise a lot of people, and I would like to be wrong because I like the guy. This isn't a personal thing. But I don't think Weimer will be as good as people think he's going to be. Wow. You and JT now are now going to brawl. So, well, yeah. just – what what do you what do you think the perception is, and what do you think his reality will be? How about that? Well, because we make all these vague assumptions, and, and I think it's I like to narrow it down more. That's all. Okay. Well, let's put it this way: in he barely raced Supercross last year. There were two races, and they were fair. They were. Oh yeah, Weimar is out there. I didn't really notice him. Yeah, not memorable. Outdoors. What's what's that? They were they, they were weren't memorable. memorable. That's for sure. They were memorable. I feel like outdoors never really saw the flash either. Not really memorable performances. Then I thought coming into that Monster Cup, like, okay, he's more of a Supercross guy. I mean, it's not a full-blown Supercross drive, but a lot of dudes aren't there. Now I think maybe we're going to see. I still feel like he didn't, even with the field of guys being less than it's going to be in Anaheim, I still feel like he didn't see a lot out of him. So I don't know. I, I think he might see a lot of that still, you know. Seventh or eighth or something like that, which isn't bad, but at the same time, not great either. Um, okay, so you you feel like the perception is he's going to be fifth, but the reality is he's going to be eighth or ninth. The perception is I think that they're going to start nipping at the heels and like maybe, oh man, he could be there, he could be there, he could start contending and maybe mixing it up with those. No, guys that yeah, I don't think that's five. true either. I don't think that's true. So either. that's not the actual. So when you say that you think he's going to do well, so where do you think? Are we actually saying he's going to be bad and good, but actually finish in the same spot? Well, there was a, there was just all this. Last year was the big five. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. it was Trey, Ryan, Ryan, James, Chad, right? That was yep. the big five. Like, any any of those could win a race this weekend, right? Yep. That was kind of, is that fair to say? I, absolutely, yes. Those five yeah, guys. Yeah, that's, I mean, that was what, those in the talk in the pits, that's kind of what everybody was like. It was down to five guys who was going to win, 
any given weekend. Yep. I feel like Weimer can, can get fifth. I think he can get into the tail of that group. But do I think he's going to get third? No, I don't. So I guess when I say I think he's going to do better, I, I, think, I still think he's going to be like a fifth-place guy. So it's not like I, I don't, I'm not buying into the perception of what you're saying that people think he's going to be, oh, yeah, he, he could maybe get in there and do something. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, don't, I don't see that. I don't think he's ready to battle with Ryan or Ryan or Chad. You know what I mean? I don't think he's ready for that yet. So, just to clarify. I, just, I feel like the, the rides last year were, like you said, they're unmemorable, and I think that's kind of where it's going to be again. And I would like to be wrong because I like him. If uh, there's – i got to put that aside because I'm just trying to go by the numbers here, and it has nothing to do with who I like yeah. personally. I'm going to start a vital thread right now. Why can't hate Weimer? Um, yeah. <laughs> let me just get the, write a number of W's in I mean, there. That's usually the way it gets interpreted. I mean, right. I'll tell him to his face, like, please, yeah. prove me wrong. Um, That'd be awesome. Who, okay. we're, not, we're not too far off. I mean, if I say fifth and you say eighth, that's not, a big, that's not like, that big of a difference. Who, that can be like five seconds Who's going over to, 20 laps. Who's going to finish – Assuming nobody gets hurt, which is a big assumption, who be, who finishes the the after who finishes sixth place after the top five? If we're all going, if we're saying the top five is the best, who finishes in that sixth place? Uh, Wyndham, Metcalf, Weimer, Brayton, Short. Who gets that? Who's the best out of that next group? In your guys' opinion, I think Brayton over over seventeen races. Yes, nobody gets hurt. Everybody races. Everybody, of course, like I said, big assumption, but. Who Wyndham? That's my that's my opinion. Right, and, Wyndham. and just, just over seventeen races because he doesn't crash a lot, and he's pretty consistent. Even on his bad nights, he gets ninth. You know. Well, again, you say uh, Brayton. I yeah, I mean, K Dub's hard to argue, and and that's the thing. Like, if it's anyone that bridges the gap puts the like one leg in, one leg out to that group, because mm-hmm. we know on certain nights Wyndham is in that group, but um. I think out of this poll, if you want to say they're like second tier of guys, I think Brayton has the most things going for him right now. Um, I don't think that I, I, I hate to I hate to say this because I I do agree with you. The problem I the problem I foresee, and and I don't even want to say it because I don't like putting this bad karma on somebody, but I'm just scared that that Brayton is going to have some crashes trying to go trying to step up to that level. You know what I mean? I feel like he's yeah. gonna. He like everything's here. I'm I'm capable of winning now. Like this is my time, and he's gonna try to elevate. And sometimes that results in big crashes at some races. So that that's all I'm scared of with Brayden, or else he would be my pick for that spot as well. I just it think at the, the end of the day, worse. when all the points are tallied, I think Wyndham will have more points. That's all. It's the weird thing in this sport that that's the thing. Like if if no one got hurt and Brayton got six, that would be really a heck of an accomplishment because if you look at the guys who'd finish ahead of, you'd be like, well, these guys are all at a similar level, and he, he was the best of that group. That's really good for him. But no one races to get six. Like, you're right. Like, Brayton wants to figure out a way to win a race, not to be sixth for the year in points. So that is – like, they're all trying to overshoot their own mark, and that could definitely lead to problems. I think – Yeah, I'd – Go ahead. No, never mind. Uh, you guys keep arguing. Uh, I, think... I was just gonna say. I, I just gonna say. I don't see that out of Wyndham. I think Wyndham knows his limits most of the time. 
and, you know, okay, tonight I just don't have it. I'm going to have to settle for fifth or seventh. Where I, I really, really feel like Brayton is looking at this year, and maybe I don't know if he had a two-year deal or what, but this is this is it. I got to do it now. You know what I mean? I'm 26 or 28 or whatever he is. Going to be 28 or whatever. I've got to do it now. Like you know, what I mean, I've never had a better opportunity. I've never had a better bike. I'm in the prime of my life as far as physical, physically. This is when I got to do it. So what if I'm not going to do it now? What am I waiting on? And sometimes. Sometimes that doesn't always work, you know. He's got to beat the best guys in the world, and that's, you know, coming from a level that's a little bit lower than them to try to surpass them and be able to win, uh, you know, who knows. I take issue with your statement because Antonio Caroli is not racing when you say best riders in the world. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Right, when when Ricky was racing, Everett Everett Um, wasn't there, so it wasn't true. uh, No, good points, JT, Uh, all valid. My pick, uh, Andrew Short, not coming in 100% into the season. Still, uh, you know, still got some issues with the elbows and stuff, but uh, going to be soon. And I like that bike. And I know Brayton's on it too, but I like Short's consistency. Uh, Brayton does seem to crash here and there. And I like Shorty just grinding it out, grinding it out. And I like the bike and the team. And I know he's doing the right things off the track. Of course, Brayton is too. So I I pick Shorty. Re- big rebound year, and, I, and, I, and this isn't a homer from Andrew Short. I didn't like his move to KTM, and I, and I thought he was going to struggle, and I said it, and it happened, and I'm pretty much a genius. But That's this, a safe pick. I mean, you're you're going off someone who's yeah, been like, yeah. what, top three in the series for how many years in a row? You know what I mean? So Yeah, yeah no, I just like him. I, I, like him to, I, I like, don't not like your pick, that's for sure. I like him to get back to where he was. Not podium guy, though. I think that's too much of a step, but I like him in that fifth spot. Yeah, I always, I always felt like I had a lot in common with Short, and not to not to be like bring my racing into everything, but I always looked at Short and been like, yeah, he's you know he's better than me, but we're similar in the fact that, dang, I wish I was just a little bit faster. That's the feeling we have all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then again, our results are always there, and we're like solid. And then you look at the results at the end of the day and the points, and we're kind of always in there. You know right. what I mean? And right. in our respective groups, areas, yeah. yeah. Although I just felt like our our careers were similar in that way. He's not flying to Estonia for four hundred fifty bucks, though. So. <laughs> besides, neither that, am I. But yeah, no, I know. I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> All right, um, let's wrap this thing up. It's long. Um, thank you, uh, Jason Thomas, for your always insightful um, behind-the-scenes looks. You just floored Weech tonight. He, He's going to start crying right away because all his the first rider in the history of the sport to ever say that some riders are actually more talented than others. First rider ever to say it. And when you get your your um, he's no better than me. We put our boots on one at a time, just same as him. When you get smoked on the daily as bad as I do every day, it comes it becomes apparent in a hurry. Real fast. Hey, why is it that in the NFL they can have a combine and they can like? put guys on a stopwatch and do all this stuff, and they're like, this guy runs faster than this guy. In any other physical athletic contest, you are allowed to judge people that way, but for some reason in this sport, it's always, they're all the same. It's all mental. He just wants it more, man. That guy just wants, wants it, it more. more. Wants it more, yeah. Uh, yeah, because they run and they run and throw and do all the drills. We don't, maybe if we had a combine or people doing turns and doing starts and jumping and all that stuff, maybe. Do it. You could, maybe you could do that. Let's do it. If Why? you evaluated the same way. Why hasn't somebody do that. done that in the amateurs already? Because, good God, those guys. I mean, anything they can do to make a buck, everybody seems to be doing that in amateurs. <laughs> so, that would be cool. Why hasn't yeah. somebody done that? 
Um, it seems like the, that Warthog team used to do that. They had, like, tryouts for their team. Like, they would bring, like, 30 guys out there and have at it. Lap times and <laughs> drills and all kinds of stuff to see who got what level of ride and all that stuff. Yeah. I kind of did it. Okay. Uh, all right. But the good rides, the good rides are based on results. Always will be. Always have been. Yep. So. Yep. Um, cool. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Jason Wygant, for uh, for doing this, and uh, thank you, Jason Thomas, Jason Squared, for guys for coming on all the right. uh, 2012 Supercross Preview Podcast, brought to you by BTOSports.com and available on RacerX and iTunes. Uh, thanks again, guys, and uh, yeah. So we're gonna do a, a mid-season one. To see who's who's uh, uh, on the right track or what? Yeah, probably with mid-season, end of the season, where I prove that I'm smarter than everybody. Do that. Yeah, you might not want to show up to that one. <laughs> I'd be embarrassed. Um, good luck at Anaheim, JT. Uh, myself and Wagant will be cheering for you from the press box. Appreciate spots. it. Yeah. Would that be, if you get that, is that career, is that career win number one if you get that one? Uh, let me check. Yep, well, that would be one. Yep. Carry the cool. two plus the one plus zero. Yep, that'd be one. Yep, there'll be one. Yep. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. I got. I got to. Uh, no. We we have a little competition though. Just on a side note, and Chad actually passed me for main events last year, which I'm not pumped about. Oh. Uh, so it's just man, I had him, but the freaking guy he wants to qualify every weekend, and that really puts like a cramp in my style. So. Makes makes my life hard when he keeps qualifying for every single race. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how many more years he wants to do this, but you know what? Nobody I, really I, talks about. If it wasn't for the provisionals, Chad Reed would not have won that title that year on the Yamaha. Kevin Wyndham talks about it. Then we had provisionals for what two years? It was a really dumb rule. I hated it, but we had provisionals for two years, and one of those seasons, Chad Reed basically won the title because of that. However, but you don't think however, he could have qualified? He was, yeah, he was playing to the rules that he was given. Right. You don't. He, I mean, he, he got 12th in the main event. He could have qualified. I guarantee yeah. you, he could have qualified. He passed dudes in the main that also qualified. Yeah. I mean, he was. He, I beat him. I got 10th, and he got 12th. But I could see him the whole time, and I I got like fourth in my heat or something. Like he would have made it, like no problem. I just think yeah, he, he knew he didn't Ryan have Parkland to, so he didn't even try. Okay. So it's not really. Uh, okay. I understand what you're saying, but I think it was like like we said, he was kind of playing playing for what the rules allowed. Okay, fine. Ask Wyndham about it, though. <laughs> no. no, I think Wyndham will even tell you how much money that cost him. Yeah, probably. Huh? Which he would have won. All right, guys, thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you, Anaheim, guys. See you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.